welcome to Break Away from the Rat Race. And today I have the pleasure of speaking with Jay Helms. Uh, and Jay is the founder of W2 Capitalist. Uh, and he escaped the, uh, the rat race, sorry. He escaped the rat race. I was about to say break away from the rat race after six <laughs> years of side hustling in real estate investing. And, and Jay has a goal to help 1 million people create multiple streams of income, achieve financial freedom and build a legacy for their children. I mean, our goals are so perfectly aligned, Jay. It's just amazing. Uh, and uh, But Jay no, uh, realized that uh, closing on your first deal is probably the biggest hurdle and roadblock for new investors. So he wrote a book, and the book is called Make an Offer and Earn, Invest, and Repeat. And um, so this, this his book, we're going to talk about it today, and along with other interesting topics, but his book should help you get over those mental hurt hurdles and get the first deal done. Jay, welcome to the show. Eric, thank you for having me, sir. Really do appreciate it. It was a little bit of a long intro, I know, but uh, I want to I want people to get to know you a little bit on a personal basis. And I know that uh, you mentioned that you and Cassie, your wife, met on a reality TV show. I'm just curious <laughs> to know. I don't know which reality TV, but yeah, maybe you can mention a little bit about that. Yeah, so this this goes back uh, a while. Um, so back in 2008, uh, and this the reality show was not um, it's not wildly known, but it okay. was it was the name of it was the Catch Costa Rica. We spent uh, six weeks in Costa Rica before we got voted off the island. Now I didn't know her until I met her at the airport, and we were taken off to find out what this whole adventure was. But that was back in 2008, and it aired on the Outdoor Channel, and. Um, you know, we got kicked off the island and we came back and we decided we couldn't live without one another. So she oh, moved nice. to Birmingham where I was living at the time. And then, and then later on, we moved down to Florida. Um, so about after five years, I better get these dates right. But after five years <laughs> of, of living together, we got married, started having kids. And right now we're on a bit of another adventure. Um, we started traveling we, we converted our primary house uh, which kind of ties in my story of escape escaping the rat race uh, we, we converted our primary house into an airbnb and we've been traveling so right now i'm sitting in the back of our rv that's why this whole thing's blurred out because it, oh, it's a I very see. small room <laughs> if you hear the kids screaming in the, in the background uh i apologize ahead of time it is around their nap time so we kind of strategically try to do these podcasts when that happens but uh you never know with, with kids yeah, if they're gonna exactly. go down all right but but yeah that's uh that's kind of how she and I met and, and she is my partner in crime when it comes to real estate investing. She is the, uh, she is the logical, sensible person on the side of the house. I'm the numbers guy. Uh -huh. She's a design person, but it's, it's a total, total team effort. So oh, that's great. Yeah. I think it's, uh, yeah, we could talk about that too. Like the, the importance of being, uh, you know, kind of aligned in terms of goals and stuff like that with your, yeah. with your partner, uh, it's just yeah there's so many people that you don't realize that and then they go to meetups and they don't bring their their partner their wives and whatnot and then they just oh yeah they get all excited they come home and then their partners don't know what the hell they're talking they about. don't know so, I'm not doing <laughs> yeah. this. this is crazy yeah yeah <laughs> so yeah it is very important for sure so uh, so tell us about kind of like how you how you could uh maybe you know it's a little bit off uh off topic but uh kind of what 
how did you get your you and Cassie aligned towards the same goal and uh, focusing on real estate and all that? How did you manage that? Yeah, we we actually just love love the idea. You know, when we were early on in our relationship, we um, you know we're not very outgoing. <laughs> we're both very introverted by personality types, and so one of the things we love to cook. So we would be, you know, home cooking meals and of course, HGTVs on the, uh, on the television. Oh, yeah. And we're watching these flipping shows and doing all the sexy stuff or seeing all the sexy stuff that happens with the flipping stuff. But we never really, to this day, we still haven't technically what I consider flip a property. Now we've done a couple of living flips where, uh, and that was one of our biggest projects together. And we went through that. We remodeled a, a three bedroom, two bath that we lived in while the construction was going on. And we, we both did a lot of the construction and uh, I kind of knew once we had made it through that, that we, we were pretty solid, you know, yeah. on, on our relationship status, but it, you know, I, we, she and I are both very fortunate to have one another because we do align with that. Cause there are people in my mastermind and you hit the nail on the head. When I go, I very rarely go to the Rio meetings cause we're traveling and introverted personality. I, I don't like being around big crowds. But I, I do talk to a lot of people who one or the other is, you know, in the relationship is so excited about real estate investing and so passionate about it. And the flip side of that coin, their spouse is, is not. And they're asking me for advice on that. I'm like, man, I, I would love to give you some, but I, I didn't, I don't have the experience to rely on. I, I can tell you what I've told other people uh, and by all means, don't get a divorce over it, <laughs> but, but, you know, you got to eventually, you got to figure out a way to make your spouse understand why this is so important and what it could do for, uh, your family, right. Mm -hmm. Just not now, but for, for generations to come. And, and, um, so yeah, I, I having your spouse on board is extremely important when you start, you know, investing in real estate and to start thinking about the idea. And I think you hit the nail on the head. If you're, if you're going to real meetings, you should be bringing your spouse with you. Now you may have to have, you know, hire a babysitter. You may not make every meeting together or whatnot, but it is definitely a team sport for sure. Yeah, I agree for me. Like when, uh, for, to get my, uh, my wife on board was kind of like, I had to focus on two things. I had to focus on lifestyle. Mm -hmm. uh, I think that was important and kind of like change our, our way of doing things. Uh, that was kind of like, oh, do you want to travel more? Do you want to do this? I said, yeah, mm -hmm. I would like to do that. Well, you know, if we do this, we'll be able to do that. And uh, obviously, as if you have a family and you have children, then focusing on on the legacy for your children, I think it's uh, it's very important. So these are the kind of like the, for me the two kind of things that were. Uh, but it depends on your on your spouse as well. If uh, they're very numbers oriented, then it's a little bit. It might be a little bit easier. But yeah. Um, but sometimes if it's there's a lot of emotions and stuff like that about doing things risk averse and all that kind of stuff that you have to deal and with but there's and there's always emotions involved right there's always yeah. going to be emotions involved i mean you, you know you think about whatever the stat is i think it's like 50 percent of marriages in a divorce and of that 50 percent the 50 percent that in divorce it's over money it's over monetary issues yeah. and yeah. and you know, while we talk about all the successes and you see all the glamorous stuff on TV, there's a real possibility that something could go wrong if you don't know what you're doing and you haven't really studied up and done your due diligence. And um, that could put a strain on a relationship. And especially if, if one part of the team is not on board, 
there's gonna be a lot of finger pointing that happens and, yeah, and that yeah. you know so i i can't stress it enough i i don't you know when um cassie and i started our relationship i had already i was probably about maybe three or four months ahead of that and starting the real estate investing really focused on it mm-hmm. now this was back in um I'm sorry, not three or four months, a couple of years. Now this is back in 2006 okay. and we all know what the market was doing then. Yeah. Right. And, and so I consider that my fault start, but she came along and, and she really put the design element of what we're trying to do and really the logical, like level headed headedness, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. and, and she takes a lot of the emotion out of it. So I, I'm very fortunate about that, but with, to have her on board and we never had to really sit down. I mean, we sit down and talk about deals. Hey, what's the next strategy? What do you think about this opportunity? Uh, that in itself is a challenge when you live in an RV and you've got three kids all, you know, really small. So, yeah. uh, I just saw your face like, Oh <laughs> yeah. So that can, that can be challenging. And we were, we're not as aggressive on that front as, um, sometimes we would like, but other things are important for us right? We want to be able to be there for our kids and we want to spend more time with them. And, and, uh, man, when you live in an RV, you get to spend a lot of time with them. <laughs> yeah, that's for sure. A constant reminder that you're doing this for their legacy. <laughs> right. Exactly. Exactly. And not to strangle them. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so tell, tell me about that transition point, because I think this is, there are a lot of people out there that are listening and then they're working W2, nine to five, or some of them are independent contractors and blah, blah, blah. And they're just working. They're just doing, doing the grind every day. Yep. How do you transition? I think this is what your book is all about is how do you transition over now from, and you know, what is that transition point and how was that transition point for you? How did you work that transition and broke away from the rat race? Yeah. So I, I, my investing style was just kind of follows my personality, very conservative. You know, most people um, in our mastermind, when they come in and they join, it takes them about three years to, to achieve that financial freedom number. And then they can, they can hit the eject button. Right. For me, it was, it was over six years. Um, the reason I got started in this is the company that I was a principal at was acquired. That acquisition was going uh, extremely horrible. Right now I'm a customer representative. I got to hear all the bad stuff from, you know, the external customers and got to hear all the bad stuff from the internal customers. Promises were made, promises weren't kept. And this was a repeating cycle for the next couple of years. So, you know, I had our, our very first child was on the way and we had recently gotten married and I'm just like, man, there's a trifecta of here. I'm like, dude, you got to wake up. Something's not right. You know, cause I had aspirations to, climb the corporate ladder, become, I didn't really want to be the president. I don't necessarily like being in the skylight. Not, I know how hypocritical that sounds. If you look at the W2 capitalist, but I, I didn't really like being in the, the spotlight. I think I said skylight, but anyway. Yeah. Um, that's so I, probably because you're introvert. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think so. And, and <laughs> you didn't want so to be in I, front of people saying, I didn't, I wanted to be the guy in the background, the number two who, who made all the stuff happen. Right. Yeah, yeah. And going through that acquisition and, and just kind of the trifecta, we got married. Um, the acquisition happened. We had a baby on the way. Then they started threatening with layoffs. I'm like, I, I got to do something different. We're still living paycheck to paycheck. I'm making six figures. We're living paycheck to paycheck. Something's something's not right. And then that's how we found real estate investing. 
And then, so, you know, we started out extremely small. First house we bought was, um, it was a, it was a foreclosure. We bought it for $22,000. Uh, we put 9,000 bucks into it. It rented right away for uh, $600 a month. And we held that property for, for about three years. And, um, you know, once we got that first property and, and <laughs> we probably looked at 15 different properties and, you know, this thing was listed for 25 and we kept going back and forth on the number with the, uh, <laughs> with the bank that had it. And they're like, no, we're not, we're not giving it to you for like in the teens. <laughs> and so I was like, I, I don't know if it makes a deal. I don't know if it makes the deal. And, you know, now I can laugh at that, but that's a lot of the premise of the book is, you don't know what you don't know until you go through your first offer, right? And then you don't know what you don't know until you go through your first deal and you get it and you start working with tenants and property management companies. And the book is really just to encourage people to take that next step as scary as it may feel. Cause in a couple of years, you're going to laugh at yourself yeah. about how ridiculous you were uh, nervous over that. But so we, we kept doing that. We kept buying properties and just rinsing repeat. And when the time came to sell them off, we would sell them off and then reinvest that money back in. And so we started building up this portfolio over the next six years and then COVID happened. Right. And then COVID everybody kind of, everybody just, I don't know, everybody hit the panic button and, uh, I got laid off. I got oh, laid wow. off. Yeah. And so my escape from the rat race came with a bit of a boot up my butt to, to get out the door. And sometimes, sometimes you need that best thing that ever happened to me. And, and yeah. I, you know, for the folks who are in my mastermind, who I try to encourage, look, man, you're there on your financial freedom number. Why don't you just go ahead and hit the eject button? I can't put pressure on them and say, look, go quit, you know, cause I didn't do that. I, I was mm -hmm. like, if I didn't have, uh, if I didn't have that boot up my backside, I probably would still be working. Mm -hmm. And, and I, you know, when that happened, I was not expecting it. Uh, I was leading the sales team at that point in time. And uh, we were a huge Microsoft partner and we were selling remote software, <laughs> you know, and, and the world's about to, to make this shift to, to being remote and the sales team that I was running, uh, we exceeded our quota for out of the last six months, right? And yeah. um, so I feel like I'm doing pretty good as compared to my counterparts, but the company chose to make a, a different direction. And, um, you know, I mold around the house. I, I mean, I pouted and, and everything. And, and um, at the, at the moment I got the phone call, I think it was maybe five minutes afterwards, Cassie said, great. Now we can go buy an RV and now we can go travel. And I'm like, <laughs> wait a minute, just, just hold on a minute. Let's, let's figure this thing out. And, and so it took me about a year to kind of warm up to that idea. And, uh, you know, that's where we are now. And, mm -hmm. and so my, my transition, you, you know, from the W2 world was a blessing. I mean, it was, you know, and I enjoyed what I was doing. Uh, at this point in time, I had transitioned companies and, and, uh, found a place that I felt was called home. And cause, cause my other, the place that was going through the acquisition, you know, it got known what I was doing on the side and real estate investing and whatnot. Yeah. And so the, these conversations bubbled up to, um, well, what's his side gig is real estate investing a side gig or are we his side gig? Yeah, Cause we're paying yeah. his salary. You know what I mean? And, and so, uh, I had answers to a couple of those conversations, but the thing, the thing that I found Eric was that when I started offloading that, 
pressure of income producing and supporting a family and whatnot to some other means than just a W-2. Mm-hmm. This is why I think creating multiple streams of income is extremely important. I actually became a better employee. Yeah. And, you know, I became a more confident employee. So when I'm sitting down in front of customers or I'm sitting down in front of my bosses or my coworkers or my, my team, it just ha- allowed me to think and talk with a different set of clarity than, man, I've got to say the right stuff or, or my salary goes away. Yeah. And how in the heck did I lose my, my house family? All that. Yeah. Yeah. And so, you know, all those thoughts would go through, but I, I finally, you know, the last time I, the last time my boss at that time asked me, Hey, what's the side gig? Are we the side gig? Or I was like, yeah, let's talk about it. You know, and never before I would have that confidence to say, Hey, let's talk about it. I said, let's talk about what my customers are doing right now. Have I lost any customers in the last year? Nope. Mm -hmm. From a revenue standpoint, who, who owns the highest amount of revenue producing customers? Well, that's me. Okay. So I, I I produce the most revenue and I haven't lost any customers. Correct. Mm -hmm. Okay. Do you want to continue this conversation? Because if so, I'm going to ask for a raise. You know what I mean? So, but I had the confidence to say that because I had, you know, this supplemental income coming through real estate investing and I never would have had that before. Yeah. Never would have It had changes that your relationship for sure with, because uh, I, I, you know, when I was financially free, I continued working as an independent contractor yeah. uh, for a little bit, I think for like a, a year or just le- under a year. And it changed the changed the relationship with your work and your client or your employer at the time because you, yeah you kind of like you're more confident and you or you say for me it was like yeah I'm just doing this because I'm enjoying I chose to do this like I chose to right. come to work and, and do this project I yeah. know it's difficult yeah. and it's a lot of work but I chose to do this like I could yeah. go if I don't want to I don't have to be here but I yeah. chose to do this so that's. Uh, to me, I think that that's important. Change your relationship with work, and if you don't have that other stream of income that's coming, that passive stream of income, then you're kind of at the mercy of your employer. You're at the you mercy are. of them you to are. give you a raise. You're at the mercy of them to give you a promotion, to give you vacation time, to you know all that kind of stuff. Yeah. And that really didn't sit well with me for uh, yeah. for many <laughs> yeah, years. And- and here's what I didn't know. And back to, you don't know until you try and you don't take the next step As I started, I got, I kind of got tired of those issues. I got tired of the acquisitions. I started looking for other companies to go work for, you know, updated my resume and started getting phone calls. And, um, I made the decision from, you know, filling, even filling out the application. Hey, what are your, some, some of your hobbies, mm-hmm. real estate investing. And I made it known from the day one, when I applied to, you know, they introduced me to the, to my team that, Hey, look, I invest in real estate on the side. And at that point in time, you know, I got hired by a guy who got it. Right. And, and so, you know, day one, I'm introduced not only to my team, but the entire sales floor. And I have to give this little five minute speech of, of my experience and who I am. And, um, I wrap up and I said, okay, I said, Chris, anything you else want me to say? And he goes, yeah, stop being such a humble asshole. Hey guys, he does some really cool stuff on real estate investing on the side. He's been really successful with that. So if you're interested in learning more about this, maybe you take him to lunch. And I'm like, what the heck just happened? Like I am brand new here. And my boss just told everybody about my side hustle and how good I am at it. And I was like, I just want to compare that to where I came from. And there was constant pressure to not have a side gig. Right. And don't, I was like, man, 
what a breath of fresh air. So for anybody listening to this, if you feel like you're going to get pressured by it, you, you may, you may not, it just depends. Um, but I, I can tell you there are employers out there that are simply okay with it. Right. And yeah. They, they there are, there are a few, game. there are a few, but yeah, there, there, are, there few. are some out there. Yeah. Yeah. And some of them, yeah, they kind of, uh, as long as it doesn't inter interfere with anything you you're doing, you don't take yeah. uh, phone calls during the day or something like that. Then, yeah. 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 Schedule <laughs> those thinking. lunch breaks and, uh, <laughs> accordingly, right. <laughs> Invite your contractor over for a, <laughs> take yeah, a, for a demo. <laughs> <laughs> don't do that. <laughs> don't do that. No, no. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. So for me, the other thing too, about the side gig that I find interesting is, um, it's about the mindset as well. Yeah. So you have, you have two choices. You can say that, Hey, I'm working full time. And then I have a side gig of investing in real estate, or you can say, and that's kind of like what my mindset was, is that I'm an entrepreneur, I'm a business person, and my side gig is my job. <laughs> you know, I'm yeah. doing this, the side gig, my full-time job or my independent consulting as that's my side gig. And uh, so, and that changed quite a bit of things too, because you, um, you get to, when you introduce yourself, say, oh, no, I'm a real estate investor and say, oh yeah, and I also do. I'm, I'm still also... getting used to that phrase, by the way. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, uh, and so that's changed the conversation a little bit. Then they know you as a real estate investor. And then right. the other thing too, that it changes, and that's a little bit tricky uh, with your employer is when you do LinkedIn, for example, your LinkedIn profile mm -hmm. and you say, hey, I'm a real estate investor and, uh, you know, <laughs> have a side gig here with my job. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. That was the trickiest part here, the, the LinkedIn piece of it. But, but I think in terms of the mindset, I think that's uh, that's pretty important. And a lot of people, they kind of, they're not comfortable having to deal with these uh, two realities at the same mm -hmm. time. And uh, I mean, my recommendation is assume the role that you're a business owner, you're an entrepreneur, you're an investor, and then yeah, unfortunately, you have to work for this company for a while. To yeah, for a little bit longer. Yeah, yeah, I, I would, I agree with you on that. And uh, one of the things that I, and I didn't do this at the start, but I eventually said, okay, if I'm going to get serious about this hobby of mine of real estate investing, um, I've got to put some hours in, right? And being a new dad, newly married, by the time I got home at night from work, I I'm completely fried. Like mentally, mm -hmm. I'm, I'm remember the acquisition is going horrible. You know, mm -hmm. I'm getting screamed at all day from customers and then customers are leaving. And then my, and then my boss, uh, is asking me, Hey, why are the customers leaving? And I'm like, well, you guys acquired us and you took away a bunch of resources that are used to, I, I don't know. Anyway. So, uh, eventually that leveled out, flattened out. And, and, uh, we started doing really, really well as we ramped up our investing on the side but what i started doing is i i, I luckily uh stumbled upon miracle morning uh the book by hal elrod and um you know and that was one of the things when that my boss finally came to me and said hey what's the side gig us or real estate investing i said here's one thing you don't understand because what time do you think i get up in the morning he goes i don't know you're here at eight seven seven thirty i was like i get i get up at 4 a.m every morning. Now I go to bed at like eight thirty, nine o'clock and I'm okay with that. I'm a new dad. I'm exhausted. I, and I, I know I want to get up, but at 4 AM I'm getting up, I'm doing my miracle morning routine, which takes about 30 minutes to an hour, right? Just me time. And then 
from that point up until I have to get ready to go to work, I'm focused on real estate investing, right? I'm doing market research. I'm trying to get my next batch of mail cases. Uh, sometimes, you know, having conversations like this at 5 a.m. in the morning, I've, I've done that before. And uh, I just told myself, you don't see the effort that's going in. All you yeah. see is what's on social media where, where somebody may tag me in a post and we just closed an apartment complex. Yeah, yeah. You're like, when the hell do you have time to do that? I'm like, it's not as difficult as you think. Just, you know, let's, if you want to continue having this conversation, we can, but it was just that whole shift for me. And again, back to um, taking your focus off the stress off of, of being at work all day that, that allowed me to, you know, spend a couple of hours in the morning time and really focus on something I was truly passionate about and excited about. You want to talk about putting your day in a different trajectory than just waking up, dreading to go to work, go to work, come home and just being mentally exhausted, start working your way to get up earlier and then spend that time doing something you're extremely passionate about. Right. Mm -hmm. And once you do that, you feel like you've extremely count. It's almost like you have two days in one. Right. Okay. And then it's a little bit easier to shift those gears between am I an entrepreneur or am I W2 employee, that kind of yeah. thing. So, yeah. Oh, that's, that's true. But yeah. People, uh, the morning is fantastic. I mean, I, you know, I think it's, uh, I'm a, or I also get up early in the morning, uh, not at four, but, uh, <laughs> I, I don't do that up. anymore. I, I love it. <laughs> let me clarify. I, I felt like that was, um, that was going to be a business trip yeah. and it was going to take me a couple of years of doing that. Yeah. And now, man, if I, if I currently, if I get up before the sun, something, something else is going on. Yeah. But I think the morning is very powerful because I think yeah. nobody, everybody's sleeping. It's super quiet. You're, yeah. you just, uh, yeah. Having a morning routine, having this, a similar routine in the evening is a lot more difficult. There's so many things. It is that happened and um you know especially if you have kids control. yeah especially <laughs> if you have kids yeah so yeah so i think that this is great if, if you planning to if you're really interested in doing that side gig and you need some you know focusing on the morning get carving some as much time out in the morning as possible for you to yeah. work on your side gig is uh is very important and, and let me let me uh touch this topic right uh, just for a minute is if you hear me say 4 a.m and you're like man that guy's crazy no way i'm gonna get up at four I i'll do five though but you're used to getting up at seven don't don't expect to start setting your alarm clock tomorrow morning and you're going to get up consistently for weeks and months maybe years on time at five o'clock you need to treat it like it's an exercise right so you don't go into the gym put 500 pounds on the on the squat rack and knock out a couple of reps if you haven't been in the gym in, in months or years, yeah. right? So if you've or never been in a gym, right? So one of the exercises that I encourage people to do is just set your, set your alarm clock back 15 or 30 minutes earlier, right? Get used to that for a couple of weeks and then do it again and then keep doing it to the point where then, you know, until you hit your time window. On the flip side of that, uh, as long as you're like, if you have an iPhone, I know this app exists because I have it on mine is you have a bedtime reminder. So you go to bed earlier, right? Yeah. And you're reminded, hey, so that way you're not sitting there watching, zoned out with TV, watching reruns of The Office and getting, oh crap, it's 1 a.m. I got to get up in four hours. Man, exactly. this is going to suck. Yeah, you, you really four have four hours. 
exactly <laughs> some good laughs in there but you wasted some time <laughs> yeah the other thing too um yeah for, i know you mentioned that kind of like gradually go down it depends on your personality for me like I, i'm more like the band-aid uh, kind of uh okay. person i would yeah. i would set it right to where it's supposed to be set it at five in the morning and then yes i'll be tired for a few days but eventually I'm going to, I'm going to go to bed earlier because I'm yeah. going to be tired and then I'm yeah. going to wake up at five. And after a week, I, you know, I don't need the alarm anymore. Uh, yeah. I'll wake up at five after that, but yeah, yeah. two different approaches, uh, depending on your personality, how you, uh, how you work things, uh, how you. Yeah. And, and there are some people who are just not morning people and it's never going to work for you. Right. Mm -hmm. And as long yeah. as you're good with that, uh, I, I encourage everybody to give it a try. Cause I always, I made the excuse for a long time. Hey, I'm not a morning person. My mind doesn't really kick in to about 10 AM. I'm not going to waste getting up, you know, <laughs> waste some really good sleep time <laughs> yeah. on just getting up and being cloudy and not having a clear thought, but it really is. You get in that routine. It really changed the way that I looked at things. Mm -hmm. Right. And it's, it's been a, a huge, I mean, I, I have to give part of our success credit to that the whole miracle morning uh yeah. aspect of it because it is yeah. it is life-changing so if you if you're sitting there you're listening it's like i'm not i'm not a morning person it's never going to work for me just try it what do you got to lose you know you can you're gonna once you go through this stage in your life and you hit uh financial freedom you, you can drift back i certainly did <laughs> you know get up all the way late till yeah you get up at noon if you want to yeah it's, it's it's amazing what you uh how your schedule frees up once you hit that financial freedom number yeah i don't think i can get up after eight so uh i have to be i can't either not with the kids anyway so uh let's uh not quite switch gear a little bit but i mean there's a lot of information out there about real estate investing there's lots of courses there's lots of books and all of that and uh but sometimes i think uh what i've found is that there's still still a lot of people that are on on the sideline and i think mm -hmm. this is why your book is, is great is i just like get in there make an offer and get started you're gonna learn by doing you're gonna learn so much more by yeah. doing um so that this is great but people need a little bit more help than that uh you know, I, I do like a mentorship and stuff like that for people who, who needs the additional help. And you have you have a mastermind group that uh, that that's pretty successful that people can join. And tell us more about that and uh, what you do during these masterminds. And, you know, because maybe or explain what a mastermind is. Maybe some people don't even know what a mastermind yeah. is. And... Yeah. So first of all, let me let me say that if you're just now starting, you, you need to you need uh, several people on your team. You need at least one mentor and your mentor is somebody who's going to be there uh, for, for your duration of real estate investing. And you may depend on them highly, uh, much more in the very beginning than you do as your, you know, your journey and your career uh, progresses. Uh, you also need a coach. And when I think of coaches, I think of back in, uh, you know, back in the day when I was playing sports, there are seasons, right? There's football season, baseball season, basketball, whatnot. So a, think of a coach as somebody that you're only going to temporarily use out of the year, right? So maybe four to six weeks, uh, maybe, maybe a little bit longer, maybe a little bit shorter, but typically somewhere around there. So you have a coach, you have a mentor. And then I think one of the most important pieces of your circle 
is an accountability group, right? Or just people who are aspiring um, to do what you want to do, or maybe a little bit further down the road than you are, right? And and that's what when I think of a mastermind, um, that's where uh, that's my definition of that. Now Napoleon Hill is is known as the godfather of of uh, masterminding, and he's got a little bit a little bit more. Uh, college uh collegiate definition of what a mastermind is but basically it's a group of people who get together and talk about um a common subject right with and i love the way uh, mr hill puts this is with a positive mindset right so i think it's hugely important and, and just you know the old saying goes you're you're the uh <laughs> you're the sum of the five people that you hang around the most and if you want to be a real estate investor, why not hang around a bunch of real estate investors? Mm -hmm. And uh, for some of you, and even for me, you know, that changed uh, what I did. Now, again, introverted, not, you know, very much a homebody. I was not going out and doing a lot of stuff, but it changed who I spent time with. It's changed who I, I talked with, you know, at work or whatnot, because I knew if I go over and talk to them, we're going to ramble on about something. I'm wasting time. I want to talk about real estate investing. Let me go get my work done. So I can go take a quote unquote break, <laughs> you know, and go make some phone calls. And, uh, but yeah, so, you know, in the mastermind, I'd say there is no um, specific rule set or handbook and say, Hey, this is how a mastermind is formed. I've formed the W2 capitalist mastermind based off of, uh, and it's an ever evolving process. Uh, Cause every year I join a new mastermind not only for their growth and to, to level up my skill set, but also to see what these folks are doing, right? And say, okay, well, I like this piece of what they're doing. Let's figure out how to adopt it in ours. Um, but it's, you know, there are several different, when, when I guess I should say, Matt, the word mastermind is used loosely. You know, mm -hmm. a lot of folks will do in-person, maybe once or twice a year masterminds. Um, they may have some virtual component, right? And the way that we run ours, and this fits right into my personality, and part of the reason why I started it doing it this way is all virtual, right? Now, last year, we had our first in-person uh, event, and that's because I got pressure from the mastermind members to, to hold one, and we had 30-something people come to, uh, to Sandestin for a couple of days, and it was amazing. Most of these people had been in the, in the mastermind for years and never physically met because they're, you know, they're all over the country. And, um, but yeah, we, we have, we have a format, every call. Now, sometimes we go off script, but every call we do, we do three things. We go around the virtual room. Hey, what's your big win for the week? Cause we want, we want to know again, sometimes this business sucks. Sometimes it, it, it stinks being in real estate investing. So we want to hear what other people have for successes. Uh, then we have a Q and a session. And then the last thing is what's the one thing that we can hold you accountable to get done between now and the next call, right? And um, we've got over uh, 20 virtual calls that happen every month. Uh, some are niche specific. Um, so you can kind of bounce around and, and get familiar with what other people are doing. And, and um, but it's the main point of joining a mastermind. And I, and I don't suggest you join just one. I think you need to do multiple and then maybe try some out, you know, as the mm -hmm. years go on. Uh, but, but basically find your tribe, find your tribe. Yeah. Who's going to push you to do more than you think you're capable of, 
Uh, and once you find those people, then you know, hey, this, this is a place for me, right? This is where I want to call home. And you mentioned earlier that some of your, uh, some of the people that are in your mastermind and stuff like that, where they have that, uh, the financial freedom number, which is basically the amount of passive income they need to generate in order to be financially free. Um, and you mentioned that some of them, they were able to achieve their financial freedom number within three years. That's, uh, that's pretty, and, and you were able to do it in six years. Yes. Yes, sir. So, um, we started keeping track of this. So the mat, our mastermind started in 2018 and I just started keeping track of this last year. Um, but last year we had about 10% of our members, um, put in their notice and say, Hey guys, I'm no longer working at W2. I'm focused on real estate investing. Um, this year so far we're on track for that too. So we've had, um, 5% 5% actually, you know, pull the ejection handle, but I know there's a, there's a few more that are on track to do it, uh, this year. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's pretty exciting to see them. And that's not anything that like we guarantee or, or yeah, course, Hey, yeah. you come in. Here, here's one thing I can tell you. And, and I, I don't want to say this for all masterminds because there, there are some that are free. There are some that are just uber, super expensive. The, the guru type yeah, yeah, yeah. deal. Um, that uh, they all don't produce the same results. But what I I can tell you is that because we polled our members at the end of 2020, I think is when it was, um, hey, from the time you started in the mastermind until until now, how how have you grown as far as transactions and number of doors? You know, if you're fixing and flipping, how many houses have you flipped? Basically, the the numbers came down to over 80% of the members have more than doubled their portfolio or transactions if they were wholesaling and flipping than the year previous to that. And I was like, man, that's, that's pretty strong. That's pretty strong numbers. And I, um, and, and most of those folks were attending two or three calls a month. Wow. You know, so the the power of just surrounding yourself with like-minded people and people who are going to call you out on your BS. And I think that's where, a lot of that power comes in because it's a very uh, small niche community. These folks get to know each other, one another very, very well. And mm-hmm. they're not afraid to call one another out. Like, yeah. Hey, you've been talking, Eric, you've been talking about getting this done for a while or, or making a move on this property for a while. What are you, what are you doing? What's, yeah. what's the holdup? You know, yeah. like it's uh, it's, it's really good to see that go on. Yeah. I mean, that that's true. Yeah. To have other people that are the same in the same space and all of that, then, you know, go ahead, do it, put the offer and having other people telling you, yeah, it's going to be, it's going to be okay. I remember the first uh, investment property. I was worried that I wouldn't get my EM, my earnest money deposit back. It was, bucks. <laughs> yeah. it was like, now it was just like, wow. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I was so concerned about that. Oh, I want to make sure I get that $500 back. Who cares? Yeah. You know, they get it. Yeah. It's just like, you know, I explained this to a new realtor we're working with and, and uh, we made an aggressive offer and we were wanting to put, I think it's like 1% down. I think that the, uh, the EMD was like three grand and um, she goes, but if we make the offer like this and you don't go through with the closing, you're not going to get your EMD back. I was like, I don't care. Just, yeah. I don't care. <laughs> I'm trying to be competitive. I, I'm <laughs> that confident that we're going to get it yeah. if they accept these terms. And she goes, okay. Anyway, we got out, we got outbid, but yeah, it, yeah, it, yeah. it happens. Yeah. 
The um, the other thing I had is, do you know from uh, your mastermind, like what is the average financial freedom number? Are you keeping track of that? I don't. It's a very yeah. good. Um, that's a very good question. Yeah. I I I want to if I'm assuming, and I don't. We don't. We don't get into a lot of like personal financial stuff. Mm -hmm. um, and and it varies because it's you know people are all over the country. Yeah, you know the cost of living in in South Florida is a lot different than it is in like you know um, the Panhandle of Florida or East Tennessee or yeah. you know upstate New York. So it's it's a little bit all over. Um, so I, I don't know that. If I had to guess, it's somewhere. It's probably somewhere between a hundred and two hundred thousand okay. a year. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Because I'm looking at uh, when when we talked about you know achieving that financial freedom number. Somebody did it in three years, which is, I think, a little bit unusual to do it this quickly. Six years is also is also pretty quick, uh, but it's it's more feasible, definitely. But my point here is that it's not that far off. If you're working not. a W-2 <laughs> job and if you think it's going to take you 25 to 30 years to get there, it's not that far off. You're not you're very close. So if you want to make the change, you have to take action. You have to do something, but it's not that far off. It's like, it's definitely, uh, I just, uh, I just recorded a video about kind of like, how do you achieve achieving financial freedom within 10 years with starting mm -hmm. at zero. And, yeah. uh, it's totally feasible, uh, even if you don't have anything to, uh, to get going on. So, yeah. And for, for a brand new beginner, don't focus on that don't focus on trying to achieve let's just let's focus on deal number one because there's there's several things that are going to happen when you close deal number one number one you should, number one thing is your confidence is going to be boosted it's like oh this is not as scary like that big hairy scary animal underneath the bed doesn't exist like this is this is not that hard i can see why so many people are doing it um and then number two you have a more sense of a reality of what it may take to get to that number mm -hmm. right so yeah. for all beginners focus on getting deal number one done don't focus yeah. on anything else don't don't clutter your mind with oh well what if this happens you know then i can achieve financial freedom man 10 years i can't wait 10 years i gotta find a different avenue and then i'm like you know that this thought just hit me i was like what if you don't start investing in real estate and you do want to achieve financial independence What's your alternative? Mm -hmm. Yeah, exactly. Like what's? <laughs> well, it's, I mean, yeah, gonna, I mean, it's inevitable. You play with I mean, crypto you're gonna have and to maybe one day you're gonna have to. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. So you yeah, can't wait on your four one k. Yeah, the other thing is four one k. It's misaligned with your goal. I want to retire it early is. at fifty five. Well, why are you saving in your four one k? Because in four one k you're gonna be penalized to death. Yeah. In order to you are. to retire at fifty five. You, you know, because it assumes that you're going to retire at 62 and a half or, uh, you know, yeah. so it's all, yeah. All if you want to get on your HR's bad side, if you got to, if in, in they're holding a, uh, you know, a retirement 401k seminar with whoever's sponsoring the plan that your company is mm -hmm. providing, um, you can sit in the back row and you can start asking very pinpointing questions <laughs> about how does this outplay the real estate market or, you know, yeah, exactly. and just see them squirm and squirmer the whole time. I, uh, I knew that moment when hr asked me to be quiet that i was in trouble but uh anyway anyway yeah very good 
Well, Jay, uh, so this is kind of uh, wrapping up here. Anything else you want to talk to or, or say to our audience, uh, places to for people to contact you uh, on social media, join your W2 Capitalist uh, Mastermind? Um, yeah, yeah. So uh, I'm at W2 Capitalist on all the social media platform, not all the social media platforms, but uh, several of them. So just look me up there. Um, of course, our landing page for all things is w2capitalist.com. But the last word of advice I'll give for, for anybody is, is the biggest thing that's changed. And, and you, you know, we're talking about holding in the mastermind, holding uh, other members accountable. They don't let me slack either. Right. Oh, yeah. So most of the calls I'm on there, I'm looked at just like any other member. And cause I don't lead all the calls and I, I get held accountable when my feet get pushed to the, uh, to the fire. And, and I get, I wouldn't say picked on, but I, I get pushed pretty hard. And that is that group I can say is the biggest thing that has helped me grow. So my encouraging thing is, is if you're not involved in a mastermind, start exploring them, start finding out what's out there and, and join one or two and see yeah. how it's going to change your life. Yeah. Yeah. Well, thank you. Thank you, Jay. It was a pleasure having you. And uh, yeah, so make sure that you, uh, you follow Jay around all social media and check out W Capitalist. Jay, thank you, Eric. Thank you. thank you for having me. Take care. Thank you for listening to Break Away from the Rat Race with your host, Eric Martell. If you want to share your story and experience with our listeners, please message us on Facebook at Break Away from the Rat Race. Also, please subscribe to our YouTube channel and our podcast on iTunes.